0: Susan and this is Katie. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And today I have not been this excited about an episode. I mean, like, <laughs> sincerely so excited. And I know every week I say I'm excited, but today I have been thinking about this episode all daggone week. I mean, mm-hmm. all daggone week. And then here it is because I will tell you this: this is what I want to say, Katie. And then I'm going to lay talk. I'm sitting here <laughs> running one up. We believe on this podcast that stories change lives and that God uses people's stories for a purpose. And our guest today, God used him specifically in my story to change my life. And uh, he was my pastor. He was my boss. (laughs) And I tell you what, um, his love for the word is unlike anyone I have ever seen in my life. And therefore, it made me want to know the word better. It made me want to study more and be in it more because his belief that it's not just a book, but that it's a book that supernaturally changes our lives, it changed my life. As a young uh, staffer in ministry, I could not get enough of his, I mean, he's, um, I don't know if he still is, but he, when he was with, when I, we were together at, at church, he went verse by verse through different chapters and you, yes, I see his thumbs up. And because he went <laughs> verse by verse, I learned it in a different kind of way. I learned original words and original intent, original purposes for things. Katie, it completely changed my understanding of Bible study. I and love you know, I mean, that, Susan. Oh,
1: because I mean you had gone to um a Christian college. Obviously yeah. you had st- seminary, but, yeah, oh, many, many, you know, learned uh, mm-hmm. teachers, but to walk closely yeah. like yeah. that yeah. with yeah. someone who loves the word is a whole new depth, isn't
0: it? So yeah. I I let well, and you- I'll tell you this too, Katie, here's something that was so uh, precious to me. And it's something I will never forget in my entire life. When um, Ed and I were getting married, uh, Pastor Danny, is you're going to get ready to get introduced to, he happened to be in the area, I think, when we were getting married do you know he showed up at at my wedding? I mean, like, I cannot tell you what that meant for me because he lived nowhere near there. And all of a sudden I look up and there stands Pastor Danny. And I think Ed was like, why is she screaming like a man? I was so excited. I was like, Pastor Danny showed up. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, it just shows you How dear to my heart he truly is. I mean, and his family is top shelf in every way, and I just love them. But I you know, Katie, I can ramble for years. So I'm gonna let you read his actual bio and not the Susan Gushing bio, uh, so that our guests know who he is, and then we're gonna dive right in. I I love it,
1: Susan. We all love your enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're just uh Contagious love for people and belief in people. We love it. Yeah, Danny Forshe is special to you. Yes. I know how excited you have been uh, to have him on today. But encouraged by the mentoring of teachers in high school, Danny Forshi's gift for learning came alive. A few years later, his heart did too, with a new passion to share the gospel. Surrendering to this new life, he focused on an accelerated path of learning to prepare him to share Jesus and preach scripture to people who've never heard before. Lean in today and listen to Dr. Danny Forsy's story of purpose.
0: Pastor Danny.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, Susan. What an honor. What a blessing to be with you today.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Katie,
1: why don't you dive right in? Yeah, we always start, Danny, if you don't yeah. mind, um, with a little bit of background. We're women, so we like the details, you know. So <laughs> five, your early childhood, growing up with your dad and mom and three bo- brothers in yeah. Alabama.
2: Yeah. Oh, it takes me back. Um, uh, three brothers in Alabama being raised in the country, on the farm, and just with all that goes along with that. um uh, you know just enjoying being outdoors and enjoying my family um, there was a point when we we're a little bit later on in our childhood we actually owned a, a a boarding barn for horses so people would have their horses stay at our place and we would take care of them groom them clean them take care of all that but in the process we each one of the boys got to have our own personal horse and so that was a real a real blessing it was just fun fun memories yeah. and also just growing up very close to uh, our cousins and just spending the night playing ball, having a good time in good old rural Alabama.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. What was your favorite memory? And then how did it contribute to discovering a strength that God had given you that you would use then throughout your whole life?
2: Yeah, there's so many, Susan. And and by the way, let me, I just tell you, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> you are such a blessing to <laughs> me and so many people. And I just, uh, I i told you earlier, you just haven't changed a bit. You look the same as you did 20 years ago. What a gift. What a blessing. But You're kind, Pastor. No, it's You're the so truth. So
1: unfair. It's so unfair. She never the, ages.
2: fountain of youth. I love it. So I have so, so many. Um, I, I do think um, just the whole experience of, of having uh, animals and, and having a horse and just the fun that that brought to me. Some of my great experiences, you know, I I used to race them. I would show them and and it was so fun. However, one of the great tragedies happened to me while I was on a horse. I had a a terrible accident that Mm -hmm. um, I hit this tree and it knocked out everything (laughs) under my lip. You could pull out my lip, see out my nose. It was pretty, (gasps) I know ladies, I'm sorry. It's pretty grotesque, but God brought me through that and I think even then just started giving me this spirit of perseverance, this don't quit determination, no matter what happens or how bad it is, just keep taking the next step. And so, um, those are some of the things that pop into my head.
0: Do you know what I remember also now that you say that spirit of perseverance, uh, we were in staff meeting one day, it was all staff and you had gathered everybody in the room. I don't know if you remember this because it was very long ago. Um, and you came in with this basket of rocks, And inside it, it, everybody got a rock that said no regrets. And he gave one out to everybody on the staff. And he said, it's not that I never want you to feel like you can't fail because everybody's going to fail, but I want you to feel like you have no regrets in giving your all towards everything for the glory of God. I still have got that little rock that says no regrets (laughs) because I remember him saying so vividly, don't be scared to fail. Just be scared to not give it your all. That's right. And don't have regrets about it. And that reminds me of when you say it gave you that level of perseverance, because Mm -hmm. that was huge for me. Because a lot of times people in ministry, they are fearful of failure because it'll reflect bad on them and all of this. And you were like, I don't care if you fail. I just don't want you to not do your best. Keep going. I mean, it'd be nice if you didn't fail.
2: That's so good, and I, I'm so glad you remembered that. And I, I do remember the rock part because, um, you know, that's one of my mottos of life is is no regrets. I, I want to be able to strive to be the best, you know, that God's created me to be. And you know, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day, Susan, and it's Carrie Newhoff.
0: Yes, he, yes, oh,
2: I love him. I listen to him every week. I and love he him said, too. He said a characteristic of a great leader is. Those you serve with, you give them the right to make mistakes. And and there's a freedom there and a liberty. And you coach, you know, and and you say, you know, let's 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 do better next time, whatever, but you give them that flexibility to be able to sprout their wings and do the best they can. And in the process, there are gonna be some bumps along the road. But he said also that's where you really soar and see lots of success.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's I- Oh, sorry.
1: Susan. I, well, I just, this conversation with you guys gives me a little insight, Susan, into you. I mean, I've known you for <laughs> years and I I had the privilege, obviously, of working on staff with you. But, um, Pastor, I want to thank you for shaping Susan. No. <laughs> and such a beautiful leader because she has yeah. tried so many beautiful things at our own church. Sure. Um, and, uh, The courage, the coaching um, to be able to do that, that that is cool.
2: Well, the thing Um, I remember about Susan is she's always been very creative and just very, you know, happy, happy about (laughs) life. And that's (laughs) contagious. And we were talking about a mutual friend of ours, Mike Ray. And we both would say, just what a joy, Susan, at that time, Harvey. Susan Harvey was just to be in our staff, on our church. And, and I could just tell she hasn't changed. And it and it just, it encourages me, um, mm-hmm. Katie. It, it encourages me to see that she is still the same person she was 20 years ago. It's just, uh, you know, doing great things for the Lord. So
1: And it makes you, ministry Susan. fun. It does. And when yeah. I think about God... Jesus I picture them so joyful you know just Absolutely. joyful beings mm-hmm. and then sometimes you work with certain christians and they're so grumpy and they're so <laughs> you know and you're yeah. like really yeah Ooh. but with susan you you can do ministry and joy but now we're talking about Susan and Sam. That's right, that's right. Let's okay. I that's want <laughs> to. This question has yes. been, okay. I could wait to ask it. Yes. You Good. got a PhD when you were mm. 30. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How did you manage that? And what kept you motivated to yeah. keep moving forward with, with education? It's a big like deal. That?
0: Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah.
2: Well, I had to do the math and I actually was 31. Sorry, I gave y'all some, <laughs> some false information. but um, So it, it did start back um, during those years of being on the farm and, and playing and horses. I didn't take academics very seriously until later in my high school years. I had a couple of professors, teachers that believed in me. Uh, one chemistry teacher, Mrs. Moore, and then my English teacher, Mrs. Stacy. And through Mrs. Stacy and the English classes I took to her, I realized I had a gift for for writing. I had a gift for memory. I could remember things that I would need to regurgitate on a test, and so my academics improved greatly. And so, um, and and my love for learning really began to to increase. And so we go from high school to college, and uh, finished up my four years there. And that's where I'm, I really became a follower of Jesus. It was in those college years of just, you know, laying it all down, seeking him and and believing. And, and, you know, Jesus became real to me as a sophomore in high school. I I genuinely was saved. The next year I met my wife, my life has just, has been, I've just been so blessed. God has been so, so good to me through knowing him, knowing my wife, and then here come our kids and all. So we go to college and I finish up uh, in four years and immediately After getting married at 21, Ashley was 20. She just turned 20. She didn't even finish college. I finished, I guess I was just young when I finished. And then I went straight to grad school for the next four years, full time, working as a janitor. Ashley's working in a bank and we're just loving life and pursuing education. And then right after four years of a master's degree, and Susan knows those master's degrees in seminary can be long and arduous. I took a couple years of German, um, took my exams, I passed, and then I went right into the PhD program for five years. This <laughs> <Just> nonstop. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Non-stop. But I, I got to share a, a cool story with you. When I was writing my PhD dissertation, I was, like I said, about 29 at the time, 30. And, um, uh, I was pastoring a church, um, our children were ages like four, two, and zero, one, you know, they were babies and I'm writing my dissertation. And Susan, you, you can appreciate this, you know, church life, it can be hard sometimes. And we had a, a, a difficulty in our church and it, it had involved one of our staff members. I, I had to let him go and we lost 40% of our church mm-hmm. as a result of this. It was wow. devastating. Oh, my yes. dissertation was due in one month. All of this broke loose. I was just I was devastated. And I i remember, <laughs> I haven't told this story in a little while. I may even get emotional about it, but I'll tell you what happened to me. I'm writing my dissertation. I did not know how to type. I wrote it by hand, mm-hmm. 250 pages, my book. And other people typed it for me, like my wife, my secretary, they helped me. I'm writing the the dissertation. I put my pen down and I put my hands in my head like this. And I'm just... I could feel my hair, it was blonde. I could feel it turning gray. I was just so worried and God spoke to me and I got chill bumps. I, it's only happened one or two times in my life when I heard it wasn't audible, it was louder. And God told me these words. <laughs> he said, write the paper. That's what he said. He said, write it, finish And and, and I took from that. I've got things for you to do. I'm in your life. This is going to pass. You're going to be okay. Just write the paper, finish this thing. (laughs) And I did. And I graduated on time. And then the next year I was hired at Southeastern Seminary where I became a professor.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now this, this is not one of the questions right here, but I do want to ask this. I want you to tell me, uh, and tell our listeners yes. sincerely your incredible respect and love for the Word, because it is evident in your teaching, yeah. in your preaching, and in your daily life. You have a unique, sincere love for God's Word. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susan. I I, I do. I, I
2: just... I believe it. I believe it is God's uh, revelation to us. I believe in all 66 books of canonical scripture that is God's love letter to us from Genesis to Revelation. Um, I even believe in Leviticus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it all in, in the genealogies. And I guess early on, um, I just had this, this real strong co- conviction that this is God's word. I think Billy Graham influenced me tremendously as a young uh, preacher, a young student. He was uh, he was a young evangelist in California, and there was a point where he was being challenged, you know, with higher uh, liberal teaching, scholastics, and 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 a friend of his, William Pendleton, said, "Come on, Billy, you don't you don't really believe this book, do you? I mean, come on, it's 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 surely a bunch of stories and fables." And Billy Graham was in a in the um, In Los Angeles, this is right before his greater Los Angeles crusade, and he took his Bible and he went out into the the woods and the forest and he put the Bible on the stump and he goes, God, there's a lot in this book I don't understand, uh, but Lord, from this day forward, I am going to accept by faith that this is the word of God and I'm going to give my whole life to to preaching it. Well, he did, and then the 1949 greater Los Angeles crusade took off. Pendleton, who was questioning Graham, was also started off as a great preacher, teacher, evangelist. He lost his faith. He didn't finish well. And I always remembered that. I thought, Lord, I'm going to trust your word. I believe it's, to, it's true. And then God gave me this conviction, Susan, to, and I use the U version, you know, if yes. this is God's word, then the greatest thing I can do as a pastor, a minister of the gospel is study it and teach it mm. and teach it. Faithfully, expositionally, exegetically, and get into the word. And I've been so blessed by the churches that I've served, including the church I'm at right now at Great Hills in Austin for 10 and a half years. They're so kind. They allow me the time that I need to study. I'm a slow learner. I have to really get involved. It has (laughs) to be quiet and hours and hours, but that's my greatest joy. So it's born out of a conviction that it is God's word. And oh, I've seen it, I've seen it change people's lives. I mean, from death to life, and just the just the growth and the sustenance that it gives. And it's, it's still my joy and passion, Susan. After all these years, I, I still absolutely love it.
0: I love it so much. I love it so much. Katie, doesn't that encourage your heart, though? Oh, so much. Because it, it, it reminds so us daily how important it is. Um, I heard uh, Beth Moore speak um, the other day, she did a little Instagram thing and she said, this generation that's growing up, they are learning to get information in um, 30 second to one minute clips because of uh TikTok and Instagram and reels. And that that's how she said, because of it, that's how deep their theology is going to go because they cannot stay focused yeah. on a topic for longer than that. And then she started, you know, saying to us, like within, she was talking in her, in this little video, imagine if you only were diving into a scripture for 30 seconds to one minute. It's like the depth of, of who you're becoming. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking it's so imperative because we have a, we have a lot of, um, young moms and moms that are listening to right now. It is imperative that we give our kids the the depth of Christ, the depth of his word, because to only get him in 30 second increments, you can't pull out the richness of what he requires. You can't have those aha moments of, wow, look what God really meant when he said this happening in the Old Testament. Look what really happened in the New Testament here. And I think when we start seeing our job is to take our kids' Deeper doctrinally, yeah, it really is going to impact that generation for good. Yeah. But it will yeah. it will be the greatest gift that a,
2: a young mom right now that could give that child, that preschooler, that adolescent, just reading the scriptures over them, praying the scriptures over yes. them? I'm telling you, Susan, it works. Yes. We, Ashley and I are the absolute beneficiaries and the proof of. The power of, of the word uh, of God, it is living and active, sharper than any 2 two-edged sword Hebrews four twelve. It is life to our fresh our flesh. It is it is breath to our lungs. It is God's living word to us. And as we, you know, Billy Graham says, "There's a lot that's hard to understand, but what I don't understand, I take it by faith." And um, and that's what Abraham Lincoln said that. By the way, mm-hmm. there's an actual quote where Abraham Lincoln says, "This book." I'll take for a reason what I can understand. The rest of it, I'll take on faith, and I'll be all the more blessed for it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much. And to
1: just go do the parts you do understand. You know, I mean, (laughs) embrace them, practice them, and don't let the parts you don't understand rob you of the confidence In the parts that you do understand. Um, I I love that visual of Billy Graham taking that Mm -hmm. Bible and laying it on the stump Stump. and just making a decision. Yeah, he did. Um, And it sounds like at some point along your walk, you made that very same decision. This is the word of God, and I will embrace it on faith. Yes, And I say that because... uh, I really, and maybe it's just personally because of the ministries I'm involved in right now. Um, we're doing a story school and we're teaching a course called Know Your Bible. And then we I also do this alpha, which is for seekers or returners nice. or brand new believers. Nice. And there is just so much pushback on... Um, well, the relevancy of the word was, yeah. I don't think God really meant <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I had one precious young gal say to me, I think Jesus was just making some suggestions <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you don't have to do what he said. I'm yeah. like, well, that's an interesting theology there. Okay. You know, so you sort through and you decide which suggestions you might want to yeah, might want to take. You might want <laughs> to apply, but anyway, um, and even those of us that have been walking for years and loving the Word, even we need to be encouraged and reestablish. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it is the Word of God. It yeah. is true. It mm-hmm. is but it's deep and there's yeah. mysteries in it, but True. that doesn't need to scare us. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Susan that. and I get off with our own hey, comments. We that's want great. to hear more about you. Yeah. I, what I would love to hear is, okay, you, all this education, I can't mm-hmm. believe you could pastor and, oh my goodness. Whew. But yeah. then you got to go um, teach at a seminary.
2: I did. I taught at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm, Loved, loved teaching there, and while I was uh, teaching there full-time, I became an interim pastor. Um, that's where churches are in between pastors, and they need someone to come in and fill in, so I did that at Green Pines Baptist Church in Knightdale, North Carolina, and 1997 and 1998 is when I became the interim pastor at Liberty Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia.
0: There you go. That's good.
1: But you were, st- were you still... Teaching on the professor level and Pat? oh,
2: absolutely yes. Well, it's interim, so my primary responsibilities would be to um, preach, to teach on Sundays, and also you know help out a little bit with staff and just encouragement. Uh, but the thing about liberty is wild. And Susan, this I look back on this and go, oh, I, I know God gave that to me when I was in my thirties, but right now I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I could do this. So I would drive up to Hampton, which is a three and a half hour drive from yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. I would preach three times Sunday morning, one time Sunday night, mm-hmm. get in my car and go back to Raleigh, get back about midnight, 1230, and then teach all week. Sometimes I would actually get on a plane on Monday yeah. and fly to different cities and and represent the school and, and teach. I did that for 18 months. Yeah. And Ashley, my dear wife, she pulled me aside one day. She said, okay, Basically, what are you going to do when you grow up? You cannot keep this pace. Are you going to be a professor? You going to be a pastor? And I was like, I know it is grueling. And about that time, the church said, "Hey, you know, would you consider being our pastor here at uh, uh, at Liberty?" And I said, "Well, I would." However, your bylaws say that the interim cannot become the senior pastor. And I said, "Well, that settles that." And I'll never forget what this deacon told me. He said, we should not let man's laws dictate God's will.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) We need to change that. And you're our man. So I went on and became the pastor there for five years. And that's where uh, Susan and I, our ministries and lives intersected there at Liberty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Just just out of curiosity, just a nosy question. At the end of the day, what did you love more, being a professor or being a pastor? Yeah, that's a great
2: question because um, after I left um, Liberty, I ended up a couple years later. Uh, let's see, 2000, what, like a year and a half later, I became a professor again. I became yeah. a professor at Southwestern Seminary and I was teaching. Check this out. I would go up and help this church in Arkansas preach, and they said, Why don't you come be our pastor? So I was like, Okay. So I left that, went to become a pastor again. And that's 13, 14 years I've been, I've been pastoring. So what, and, and I love teaching, I love academics and I love students and all, but my heart is just the systematic teaching of God's word verse by verse in a church yeah. where I can love the people, help them grow in their walk with the Lord, disciple them. So I hope that answers your question.
1: Well, I'm just curious because I really always thought it would be so cool to be able to teach, yeah. um, you know, at a college level or seminary, where where people actually are paying yeah, to yeah. learn, yeah. so obviously they're open. They're going to do homework, um, and I thought I just always kind of glamorized that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but then I just wondered about the reality of it yeah. because pastoring. I mean, you're you're going to get all kinds of people that are either seeking. Faith, or brand new to the faith, they maybe don't want to do homework. They don't want to <laughs> hard work. They don't want to do the hard work. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. I mean, you yeah. know, a whole range. Obviously, you're yeah. going to get some that. And so I was just kind of curious, but obviously, if you have settled on being a pastor for the last yeah. 13 years, you kind yeah. of chose.
2: But but I'll tell you something real quick. And it it's so cool. God is so gracious to me. I am a. I am teaching about 60 pastors in South Asia right now. (sighs) I am their uh, professor of, uh, the title of the class is The Theology of Missions in the Book of Acts. So I'm taking them through every verse in the Book of Acts. It's 30 lectures. Uh, I've just finished lecture 20 yesterday. I do my YouTube channel, set it up in the studio and I just pour my heart out to them for about an hour teaching the word of God. So God is so kind, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your
0: heart. Amen. What would you say, pastor, when you're looking at today's current church culture? What would you say is the thing that's going really, really well? This was not a question that's on here, so I'm catching yes, you off guard with this no, no, <laughs> But what would you say is going really, really well for the global local churches? And what do you think is something we need to work on? Because you love the local church, and I Absolutely. love that about you. Yeah. And so what, what do you see is going really well? What do you say we might need to improve on?
2: Well, the first part of it, what I see going really well, you know, the gospel is still the hope of the world, you yeah. know, and pastors and teachers and, and, and staff and preachers, we we share that hope. We see the the life change, the discipleship. That's the thing we're the most exciting in our church right now is we're seeing just a, a resurgence of discipleship where men are discipling men, women are discipling women who in turn go lead people to Jesus and they're becoming disciple makers. So I see that almost a return to that. And that's yeah. encouraging. Um, And God is working globally. Oh my yes. word. Africa, Asia, South mm-hmm. America, people are coming in droves and right. faith in Jesus in the West, not so much in America. I get that, but that's, that's an encouragement to me as I see yeah. the the gospel spreading globally, the discouraging thing. And, and then I see oftentimes in America, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, and it is a lack of the the, the in-depth teaching of the Word. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm afraid a lot of our, our teaching, preaching from the pulpits is much more, you know, anecdotal, story-based, life application, and I believe in all of that. You know, Susan, you've heard me teach a lot, and I love stories, and I love application, but I that's analogous to me to, to the, uh, to the ice cream and the desserts, you know, which is great, but the meat and the potatoes and the substance where we are really well fed is through the teaching, you know, the actual, what does the word of God say? So I'm, I'm, I'm grieved by that. I I do see a a lack of that in-depth teaching in a lot of churches, a lot of pulpits, but, um, and but that is also a, a personal, you know, preference yeah. and passion of
0: mine. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast.
2: Oh, my podcast! Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, it's called Revangelical, like Revangelical, yeah. and, and the subtitles: Rethinking Christian Living. And it's um, it has become so fun. I've I've just finished uh, episode two hundred and twenty-six yesterday. I love that. And currently, Ashley and I are doing a series called Family Goals. I love that. It's so fun. She comes in the studio, and for six or seven sessions, we're just talking about marriage and parenting and overcoming crises. And and I even did a deal yesterday where I asked people on on, uh, social media, do you have any questions you'd like to ask Ashley and me? They gave us a bunch of questions, so I answered those yesterday. Um, A lot of times, it's... Almost, you know, Carrie Newhoff has this part where he goes, uh, this is what I'm thinking, you know, so I yeah, just yeah, care yeah. from the heart. A lot of times just teaching the word it's become and, and the, the most popular ones, Susan, are ones like what you guys are doing. It's where I do interviews with people. Yeah. yeah. People love those interviews.
0: I love that. and I so know.
2: That's what we're doing. It's it's um, I'm shocked at how, you know, how good it's going. I have more people in the state of Washington listening to my podcast than I do in Texas.
0: How, how do you, how does that, I love happen? that.
2: And then you just go eight to eight. It's pretty cool.
0: I love that. You know, when we, um, about, I guess it was in the, we gathered before COVID all of our, she speaks stories team. There's about 10 or 11 of us. Yeah. And I pulled out all the stats to to be able to share with our team and cast vision and say what God's doing. And yeah. when we pulled the stats out, we had, we, d- we still don't know how it happened, but we have this little group of people that are listening in Iran. Oh, man. And, and you know, the, the very next weekend after I read that, um, it was about, I was reading about the underground church in Iran and that women are fueling that movement. They are. They are. And I'm like, oh, my heaven. So we sat down with our little She Speaks Stories team, and I told them, I said, you guys. God is using these stories in the hearts of women in Iran to move the kingdom forward. Can we even believe that God's allowing that? I mean, like it it, it blows my mind what God can do with technology. I mean, it blows my mind. It's really the fact that he can use podcast of you in Texas in Washington state. So somebody could hear a solid teaching is beautiful. I mean, it really is quite powerful
2: it's so powerful. And I, I'm so proud of you guys to do it, you know, and uh, and to be, you know, consistent with it. I, I work with a, a group out of um, Dallas called the Dunham Company, and they are a, a group that works with nonprofits and they they really help branding and marketing and help your ministries grow. And they put me on different platforms that I didn't even know it existed. But one of the big things he told me four years ago, he goes, look, you got to stay with it. You got to be consistent yeah. weekly. Uh, and he gives the illustration of a person who says, well, I listened to this, or I went to this restaurant and it was a great restaurant, a great meal. And a couple of weeks later, I, I got my friends and we all showed up and it had closed. And I was like, man, you know <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so he's like, don't do that. You know, stay, stay consistent, stay with it. So I That's also good. write a daily devotional, which keeps me pretty oh. busy.
0: Okay, how can
2: yeah. people get that? Oh, just you can go to my website, dfea.com. Okay. Uh, we I just saw we have eighty six hundred people receiving it uh, daily. I love it. And, and it's just fun. I, I just for a few hours this morning before we came on, I was just typing away and writing these devotions and they go out. DFEA.com takes like five seconds to sign up. You just put your first name, last name, put love your it. email that you wanted to come to, and it's free and and it's just fun. I, and those I are some it. ways I get to, to, to impact a lot of people. So, yeah. and
1: I love I love that you get there's different mediums. Right. Um, it, it's the same burning passion to open yeah. people's minds and hearts to Scripture, sure. but God has gifted us with podcasts and Zoom meetings and, yeah. uh, um, you know, the written word in a devotional, a preaching sure. in a church teaching pastors around yeah. the world, just all the different ways. Yeah, um, I love that. And that yeah. you have learned to avail yourself of all those yeah. and not, I don't know, like with me, I, I would tend to be a person that would put myself in a box and say, well, this is how I teach. I've done it for years. That's it having a friend like Susan who says, Hey, let's start a podcast together. And again, this goes back to you helping shape her. I'm like, Susan, I don't even know what a podcast
2: is. A good example of what you're just saying, Katie, is what, what we're experiencing in our church online. It's just this explosion of people through the pandemic who, who are watching us all over the country and, you know, I was listening to Craig Groeschel on a podcast the other day as Kerry Newhoff was interviewing him. He goes, look, people, what a, an exciting time to be alive. Yeah. What an exciting time to know Jesus and use all of these platforms, all these ministry opportunities and and get the gospel out. And, you know, it, it's it's a new day. And I, I yeah. you know, people, more and more people, um, whether it's the fear of, of COVID or whatever, they are going to be watching us. And, and Susan, this is what's weird for me this is really stretching my ecclesiology is people in different parts of the country consider me their pastor yeah and i'm like i, I love I,
0: that
2: you know but they they've connected with yeah, me
0: i love they that
2: watch the program they 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 call this guy's dying of cancer in new york he calls me i love that and he looks at me as his pastor so i minister to him talk so We don't know where all this is going, uh, but kind of exciting.
0: And you know, what I keep thinking through is what the enemy means for evil. God turns it for good. And the pandemic, the enemy, what he meant for evil. God is turning it so that even though we were all sent home and told not to come to church, church started happening online and people that are intimidated by church buildings all of a sudden get to peek in without being nervous about having to go inside of a church building
2: well said. and
0: the the gospel is coming alive to them. I mean, it really, we, I mean um, we had a, a member a volunteer gathering at our church and they were telling stories of different people that had gotten saved during um, the pandemic. And we don't really know them. They're like fresh faces to us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, an example of that God really can overcome any barrier that Absolutely. is thrown at Him. I mean, like a pandemic. Okay, yeah. I'll make the gospel go out even more. I mean, I'll just put it in every home in America.
2: That's awesome. You know? Our yeah. next hire is uh pa- online pastor. That's our next hire. Yes, yes, at, at our church. We were reading about a church in South Texas on the border. Their online pastor did an article. He they led 450 people to Christ last year yeah. online. Yeah. During yeah. a pandemic, so it, it is a Genesis 50, 20 moment. What you meant this for evil, Joseph said to his brothers, <laughs> Amen. "God's going to bring it for good."
0: I love it. I love it so much. Amen. That's so good. It's funny you should say you're looking for an, your next hires online pastor. Our church is going through this uh, with Tony Morgan, the unstuck group mm-hmm. out of Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going with we're walking with them right now through that because we all also, I mean, are going through. Okay. We need to get an online pastor because this is no longer let's just watch. This no. is I've got a whole congregation that needs to be shepherded right here. You're right. And You're how right. are we gonna take care of them? And I love that. I do love you. Know,
2: you know who's doing it now at our church, which is Who? so cool, is my son.
0: I love that. Which one? Bron-
2: Leighton. The youngest. Yeah. He's 27 uh next week.
0: 27.
2: I know, I know, and he is phenomenal at it. He is just every single person that Chimes in, whether it's our online prayer ministry of Tuesday night, we're doing that, or online Sunday morning. Every single person at the time he responds
0: to I it. love that. I and love he just that means the world. Yeah,
2: that's really awesome. sweet. I
0: that, still think it every 27. That, wow. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That right. really is. Um, I you know, I want to tell you one thing and then we're gonna ask you the last question, but I keep right. having to, I keep thinking about something I'm gonna tell you one more time. sure. So, um, Ed and I started this, this has nothing to do with, what I'm going to tell you, I'm just giving you a pre pre-taste of the story. Ed and I started, um, seven weeks ago, this little thing called wander on because of our last name, wanderer. Uh, wander. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we started it and, uh, as a means for us to be healthier and stronger. Well, 1500 people have joined us now, Wow! but wow. this little pocket of people that have joined us mm-hmm. are in Hampton. Aww. And in Newport News and Yorktown and Carrollton. Yeah. And I want to tell you this, Pastor Danny, the influence that you had mm. over this group of ladies, Aww. I don't think they'll ever forget it. Like, Thank I you. really don't. So
2: sweet. Thank I you. mean, it
0: just sometimes yeah. when you leave it, you know, when you leave any church, because when yeah. I've left different churches, you wonder did I do anything that was long lasting there? Not that you would ever think that because you definitely did, no, but no, I just, no. what I love is that these ladies sincerely um, mm-hmm. grew and learned and were shaped under your teaching. And it's just thank so you. precious. I mean, it's precious well, to you. listen to them talk and um, mm-hmm. like, like what Tracy Durr when she lost her oh, husband, yes, watching yes. how she handles. <clears throat> Uh, herself and her boys. Mm-hmm. It was just so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I attribute that because a, Tracy's amazing, but B, yep. you really brought the local church alive to her, and I loved it. I love that. but thank
2: you. Anyways. well, I, you're so kind to say that, and I, I have to say, what a great testimony and example to the power of the Word of God.
0: Oh, amen.
2: you know, because really, I'm we're just those ambassadors, those vessels. Right. But when our focus, is on Jesus and the word. Oh, he, what is it? We They bear fruit that last, you know? That's the fruit that remains. But it means so much to me because mm-hmm. I think we all ask those questions, you know, did I make a difference? Is it? Is there any lasting fruit? To that's hear stories right. like that, that's encouraging.
1: Right. Is there any eternal significance in what yeah. I'm doing, Lord? Right. Because I've only right. got one life. The, the image that keeps floating back to me is you quickly used an analogy, um, about dessert, you know, that like the stories in the application are really good. And of course we love stories. We wouldn't even be doing this, but in your preaching to give the meat and the potatoes and the vegetables and the salad, um, and then mix in the dessert. So, Susan, when you mentioned this gal that had sat under teaching like that, mm-hmm. going through a life situation, yeah, she was healthy.
2: Yeah, that's a good word. Not
1: just I, and it's funny because I have not been eating sugar hardly at all, and I've been doing this. But <laughs> I went to this grocery store just this morning, and they had these lemon-filled donuts. Oh, man! I, Hadn't eaten anything yet, and I thought, Katie, do not, do not buy that donut and, and eat it because you don't have anything solid in your stomach. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, That's you good. know what? I deserve a little treat. Oh, I'm just yeah. getting it. So yeah. I eat the donut on the way home, and I started Katie, feeling so it's terrible. Weak <laughs> and like, you know, in my brain. And well, I'm like, you get a fog.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: now, was it delicious at the time? Oh, Absolutely. Amen. Was like praising God for it at the time. I'm like, God, yes. And you, you're, you know, you enjoy when we enjoy the little treat.
0: Yeah.
1: But it takes its toll. toll. Yeah. You know? And my yeah. my thinking is kind of foggy and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I needed <laughs> something healthy. Yeah. And so the minute you said that, mm-hmm. I got the analogy so clearly, if yeah. we can only have little sweet nibbits of God's mm-hmm. word yeah. through stories and yeah. stuff like that, and mm-hmm. we can't learn to really digest and um, when the mm-hmm. trying times come, and they will oh, come, yeah, yeah. we're not, we mm-hmm. just, our souls are not going to be healthy enough yeah. um, to stand up.
2: Yeah. Good I like work. that. I well like said. That. I'm going to use that as an illustration, Katie. Thank you. That was so good. The <laughs> <A> lemon filled <laughs> donut. donut. Yes. That was great. <laughs> that's
0: funny. <laughs> All right, Pastor, we have one last question that we sure. every single person. Yeah. It is if you could just leave us with one thing today, what would it be?
2: Oh, uh, hope. <laughs> There's hope. Oh, yeah. And I I think that's just the message that we need to hear, especially during this crazy time in which we live. And one of my, I have two passages in Romans that come to my mind. The first one's 10, 9. It's the verse God used to really save me. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So that's, that's the beginning of the relationship. But here lately, it seems like wherever I go or travel, if people ask me to speak for any time, or especially an extended time, like a revival or Bible conference, I always preach Romans 15, 13, and I'll quote it to you. It has changed my life. I'm like, oh, listen to this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so rich. I do a word study, Susan, you can imagine me doing it. I do a word study of of hope and power and belief. And I just really go into those. And then I close out with, here's some practical um, things to take home with this. Um, and so I, I, that's what I would say is just God. He says, now may the God of hope. He's described as a, the God that gives hope and joy and peace and a promise and a future. And so that's what I would share with people, no matter how hard times are and uh, no matter how difficult, and we've we've had our fair share, of course, with the pandemic, and now our church is flooded. And but I I've got so much peace. Yeah, I've got so much joy, and I just attribute that to our awesome God of hope. So that's that's what I would say if I just had one right. last word. I'd say hope.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it, listeners. Here's what I want to say to you today. Um, you need to listen to Pastor Danny's podcast. You need to go to his website and get his daily devotionals because. I'm telling you what, it, even just the whole thought of taping, taking Romans 15, 13 that I just wrote down and walking through the words of that and diving deeper into that one verse. um, I'm telling you right now, if you have someone in your life that is hopeless, this Mm. is the episode for them. Yes. Because God's word brings hope. And so many of us, you, uh, you'll you message us um, asking, what episode do I need to listen to if I'm having a hard time right now? This is the one. So send it to your friends because oh God. God's <laughs> word is powerful. It does not return void. Mm. And I am telling you, um, you will be better and more eager to study scripture. Like, I'm not kidding you when I say I'm running downstairs right now and I'm writing this verse down and I'm putting it on my refrigerator because and I really I don't want to know, start I don't dissecting know. it like that, it's beautiful. It's just yes.
1: where can I find your words about the word study? You, did? I know, right? I'm like, where's your
0: notes, Pastor <laughs> Danny? That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. I want that episode.
2: <laughs> yes, that's what's become my favorite sermon that that I preach. And I tell you what I do, Susan. I will send you the manuscript of the sermon. Okay,
0: that would be great.
2: There's three points of the the word study, and then there's three very practical things, such as. Uh, look forward. Don't look behind. Oh. Uh, don't listen to the voice of lies. Listen to the voice of truth. And the mm-hmm. third one, interesting enough, is is get a rhythm of rest. Be able to find a place where you can rest. So I love that. I'll send that. I'll be happy to send that to you.
1: I, I really that. would love that. I okay, would cool. Love that. I mean,
2: honored to honored to uh, y'all. Are awesome. Thank y'all for Pastor having Danny, me.
0: What you're a, a gem. You yeah, are a gem. Oh, you just don't even know. And I want you to give your family hugs so hard that it just squeezes their eyes. I will. Because they are precious as can be. Not your grandchildren, because they don't know me. They'll think I'm crazy. But your no.
2: children, just give them all hugs. They love you. They know you. They remember you. I'm going to get to see a bunch of them here in a little bit. We're going to the birthday party.
0: So. Oh, that's so good. That yeah. is so good. Pastor Dady, we do not ask this often, but I am going to ask this of you. Could you pray uh, today mm, for our listeners yes. that are listening right now? Yes. Okay. I'm going to
2: pray and I'm going to pray a scripture too. I, I would I, love that. I felt the Lord impress me to pull this up. And so I may get a little emotional when I pray it. Mm. That's good. Okay. This loud.
1: We love that. On All right.
2: This good. good. <laughs> Father, I thank you for our time together. What a, what a sweet time of fellowship uh, with Susan and Katie. Thank you for their ministry. Thank you for... And the impact that she speaks is having on so many lives, even lives, Lord, in Iran. Thank you, God. Praise your name and just pray for uh, someone, somebody listening today that just needs a word of affirmation, a word of hope. Uh, Lord, may they hear you tell them that you've got this, that you are for, you're right. for them. God, you're not That's against right. them. That's right. And so I'm praying this prayer. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening of prison to those who are bound. Mm-hmm. And here it comes: to give them beauty for ashes, That's the right. oil of joy God grant it to them for their mourning. And give them, God, a spirit of a garment of praise for That's the right. spirit of heaviness. And Lord, that each one of these precious people listening to this podcast today would be firmly planted like oak trees of righteousness with deep roots going into the soil of the word of God. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it changes lives, that God, your message today is a message of hope, and we love you very much. We surrender ourselves to you afresh and anew today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Pastor thank you. You thank are you. a gift. You thank are you a gift. I bless awesome. you. <laughs> I
1: know. No, I'm I know. Too. So good. <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> Listeners if you could see us we're all kind of dead. <laughs> uh,
2: misty eye. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: Thank you. What a privilege to meet you. That's that's right. meet that's right. I will yeah. be listening
2: to that's that good.
1: podcast and I want to see that sermon. Yes. And, um, right. That's
2: we'll, so good. We'll do it. Well, I can I have um, uh, email or offline, if you want to share them with the email, yeah, uh, I sure Susan will to send it to you. I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, that
1: awesome. good. And, awesome. and we can put those in our show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All of you can check those show notes and get a devotional
0: sent to you and uh, sure. listen to other podcasts besides ours. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Listeners, we love you guys so much and we are so grateful that you choose to listen every week. It really is just a gift to our souls. So we love you guys and we will see you again next Friday. Bye. Bye.